0: Well good evening everyone, it's great to be with you on this lovely rainy evening. Um, For those of you that don't know me, my name is Megan and I have the privilege of being a part of the preaching team here at Alice Springs Baptist Church. This evening we're continuing on into our dive into this first letter of Peter to the early church scattered throughout Asia Minor. And before we enter into Pastor, I, I just want to ask you to consider whether you've ever had a moment where either your age or your seniority crept up on you. I know for us around Neighbor Day this year, we were sort of waiting for someone who'd been in our neighborhood for a little while to suggest an event. And we were sort of sitting there praying about, and then we had this realization that actually in our street, after six years, we have been there the longest. Everyone else in our street has turned over, either new owners or new renters, and so. We were like, oh, well, we better organize the neighbor day for our, our little street since we are now the longest standing residents here. For some of you, the very fact that you know what this sound is there's a few laughs, a few people remember this sound as a sign of the age and your ability to survive before the internet uh, and the World Wide Web was wildly available. And we're still connecting. Um, One of the moments where I had my seniority creep up on me, really profoundly, was when I was a medical registrar. So, for those of you that don't know, in medical training, what happens is you go through medical school, and then you become an intern, and you do a year where you're very heavily supervised. And after that, depending on your chosen career path, you become a resident. And that can last anywhere up to a couple of years. And then if you become a hospital specialist like I have done, you become a registrar. And in that position you supervise the interns under you, you have a consultant above you but you're much more uh, responsible. And I kind of picked my career pretty early so I did a year of internship, a year of residency and then in my third year I became a registrar. And my first registrar posting was in this country hospital. And in this particular hospital, as the medical registrar, I also took the overnight calls for admissions. And in our emergency department, in this small hospital, we had residents only, so people under me. And so because I didn't really know how had any phone consults very well and because I was junior, I often came in in the middle of the night to admit patients and double-check that everything was okay. And so this particular night, I was in the emergency department admitting a patient, as was pretty commonly the case, at about 12.30 or just after midnight, That patient was fine, I was writing up their notes, felt good about the plan I was gonna present in the morning. And as I was writing the notes, my attention was drawn to the, the gates where the paramedics were bringing in a very sick looking gentleman. And the resident and I had looked and as they transferred this man from the ambulance trolley to the resuscitation bed, he arrested, that is his heart stopped beating. Now I had been in resuscitation situations before And I knew that what happens when you're in hospital is you press the emergency buzzer, and the team come running, and I knew that you look for the most senior person in the room and you do what they say. And I'm really good at doing what someone tells me to do in a resuscitation situation. And so I got up, walking over, looking for who this senior person was that I was supposed to follow. And with a mixture of horror and humility and adrenaline, I realized that at that moment, at 1 a.m. in that country hospital, I was the most senior doctor in the room at that point. Until we could rouse the on-call anesthetist and they could wake up and come in, I was going to have to run this resuscitation. My seniority crept up on me very quickly. Now I tell you this story because the passage we're looking at tonight considers elders. It also considers younger men and women in the church and we'll talk about the implications that this passage has for church governance And it's cool for the church to set a godly example of responsibility and respect. But I also want to challenge you to consider this as a model of leadership in your roles outside of the church. And if you're someone who's here and says, well, I'm not an elder yet, I'm not a leader yet, so I can switch off, like me, chances are that one day it will creep up on you before you even know it's coming. And so if you're here tonight and and you don't consider yourself elder material in the sense of a leadership office in the church family yet, don't switch off. Because it may just be that in another aspect of your life, you are in the role of elder, or you very soon will be. And Peter's words here are deeply relevant for you. What we're going to do tonight is we're going to read the whole passage, start to finish, and then we're going to go back and we're kind of going to do a deep dive, looking at it uh, slowly. So First Peter 5, verse 1 to 7, I'm just going to read it through. And now a word to you who are elders in the churches. I too, this is Peter talking... I too am an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you, care for the flock that God has entrusted you. In the NIV translation, it says shepherd the flock. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honour. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honour. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Let's just start with the ver- first verse and now a word to you who are elders in the churches I too am an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and I too will share in his glory when he's revealed to the whole world. Just to give you a bit of context here so Peter is writing to the scattered churches throughout Asia Minor and many of these churches ran with a sort of governance model that was elected men, men of character, men of experience who would be charged to lead that church they were also called overseers in some other um, translations and areas has just finished in the last chapter and Gav- gavin spoke about this last week about rejoicing and suffering and now he speaks specifically to church leaders who are bearing a lot of the brunt and weight of all of this to these elders now these elders were essentially responsible for running the early church and paul outlines in his first letter to Timothy the requirements of someone to be in such an office. When he writes to Timothy, Paul says, an elder should be above reproach, the husband of one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his family well. He must not be a recent convert. So being an elder in the early church was a really big call and indeed it still is. This model of elders and deacons has carried into many church traditions including ours and in case you're not regularly part of the members meetings in this church, we have an eldership team here at our church as well as a team of deacons. Our elders here currently consist of Gavin and Ian who are both pastors and elders in our church as well as Gordon Thompson, uh, John Hitchin and Amanda Dunn currently and many others, even some in this room tonight have been elders pre- previously. Um, These members of our church volunteer to serve and are elected by our membership and as I've been reading over this passage in preparation for tonight I have been so grateful for these leaders and their willingness to serve us in this way. Paul's words provide a challenge and also an encouragement to both them and to us as members of this body here in Alice Springs Baptist Church. Um, Those of us who the passage will later describe as the younger ones also have a role to play here. Maybe a little plug uh, if you haven't thought about coming tomorrow night to come along to the members meeting and, and see a bit more about what the leadership team at the church here are doing. Peter goes on to say, care for the flock or shepherd the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you'll get out of it but because you are eager to serve God. So if you didn't think being an elder was intimidating, it certainly is a really big call. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care but lead them by your own good example And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honour. So, the direction for eldership, at least for church eldership, is a big one. To step up, take on a huge responsibility, but more than that, to do it as a shepherd leader. Following the example of our great shepherd, Jesus. Not for want of power or personal gain, but simply to give and to serve. I mentioned earlier that if you're here tonight and you don't currently consider yourself elder material then don't switch off, and that's for two reasons. One is, if you love Jesus and you love his body, the church, then there may well come a time when God will call you to step up into leadership within his body in some way. But secondly, and perhaps more immediately relevant, even though Peter's words here are clearly directed to church leaders, I believe that there is a lot to teach us about godly leadership that can be translated into other areas of our lives. You may not consider yourself an elder either because of your age or your experience, but if you're a youth leader, a worship team member, a kids ministry leader, then you're essentially an elder and called to shepherd-like leadership in that area. You're called to willingly follow the example, and, uh, example of Christ and to set an example by your own um, good life as well. It's worth pointing out here that although the word elder often connotes being older in age, it's not necessarily an exclusion to leadership positions as was demonstrated by my example as a junior doctor. In fact, Paul writes to Timothy in his first letter and says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in life, in faith and in purity. So no matter your age, you are called to set an example and particularly in the areas of your life where you take on the role of an elder. We see the echo that uh, in Peter's letter, lead by your own good example. Perhaps you're here and you don't have a leadership position or a volunteer position within the body of the church, the body of Christ, because in this season, either work commitments or home commitments are the priority. And so then I encourage you to consider those areas of your life. Perhaps, like me, you have rapidly found yourself senior in your workplace, either because of your experience or simply because you've been there the longest. In Alice Springs, rapid promotion out of need is not uncommon. And you may find yourself thrust into a position that you neither asked for or particularly wanted, and yet you are there. Perhaps you spend most of your life parenting. And if that's the case, I want to challenge you that in that area of your life, you are like an elder to your children. You are called to lead with willingness, eager to serve God not for your own gain and leading by your own good example. This is the call set for you in that area of your life. One of my favourite passages from Paul's letters is, is here in Colossians, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. So whether you are in an eldership position in the church or in your home or in your workplace, we are called to do it as working for God. It might be that in your sporting team or... Um, In another hobby area, you are more experienced and then you can take on that role as well. As Peter challenges, we're called to lead willingly, eager to serve, to be a shepherd like our own great shepherd. Now, if you've been in church for a long time, all of this might sound like common sense, but you don't have to look far to realise that this model of leadership is not common outside of the church. Without Christ... We see those with experience either leading for selfish gain with power, money or position often driving their decisions which is exactly in opposition to Peter's words here where he says not for what you will get out of it, not greedy for money but eager to serve if only this could be said of our secular leaders. But we as the church and as leaders both within the church and outside of it are called to set an example and to live out and lead a different way. Peter goes on to give an example to those who are younger. He's spoken to the elders, now he speaks to the youngers. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. There is some echo here to the words that Peter has at the start of chapter 2 where he talks about submitting yourself to the authorities around you. And then in chapter 3 he starts with wives submitting to their husbands. There's this, this idea of understanding God's desire for leaders and followers to work in harmony In this case, he's talking about the respect due to those in elected leadership within the church, but we also get a glimpse of God's heart for his church and his people, that those in authority would lead as shepherds, by example, and that those being led would respond with respect. Once again, this can be translated into our roles both inside and outside of the church. There's a dual call here, both for elders and those in leadership to lead well, but also for those under leadership to follow well to accept the authority and to make it easier for those that are leading us. Now I acknowledge that in some areas and some situations you may be under a leader, either at home, at work, at sport and dare I say even sometimes within the church who is not easy to follow. This is not a call to blind obedience but it's a call to respect and to accepting the authority that elders have, which means if you disagree with the approach of an elder, you approach them with humility, with respect, aware of the call and responsibility that those in leadership have. In Australia, we live in a society that generally tries to equalise people. And that can be a wonderful thing, but it can also really subtly eat away at our ability to respect well. The call to lead is a hard one, but it is so much harder when those you lead don't respect you. I feel like I I recognise this the most acutely in my parenting. There are days, most days, where being a parent who leads by example with willingness, shepherding my boys, is actually a real joy and it's a real honour and there is nothing like watching them learn and grow and thrive but there are also days when, like all children, my children struggle with respect and at those times it is really hard to lead well, to parent well, to keep my own good example Church, let us not make it difficult for our elders, whether inside or outside the church. Let us not make it difficult for them to lead well, but let us show them the respect and authority due them by their position. Let's support them in the role that they have been called to and enable them to do it well. Peter goes on to say, and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and at the right time, he will lift you up in honour. In case you hadn't realised it, there is a big emphasis here on humility. Whether you're an elder in a given environment or a follower in a given environment, humility is the call to all. If we lead, we lead with humility. If we follow, we follow with humility. Now I just want to clarify here that humility does not mean self-deprecation or a low view of one's worth or one's role. In fact, the call to eldership and to leadership necessitates the understanding of the significance of that call. To embrace the significance of that call and to step up to it with a deep sense of self, of worth in Christ. To understand that identity and worth comes from him. So humility doesn't mean that we eat away at that. Humility means that we step into that. I love the way that the Miriam Webster Dictionary defines, pardon me, humility. It says, humility is the freedom from pride and arrogance. To lead well, we need to be on guard against pride and arrogance, as these are the very things that will fuel the power-grabbing, self-promoting behaviours that we so often see in poor leadership. Equally, as those under authority, we need to guard against the pride and arrogance which make it hard to accept authority, especially if and when a perspective differs from our own. As we try to pull all this together, I want to introduce a tool that I found really helpful. It's called the relational constellation and we're just going to sort of touch the surface of this tonight. I've mentioned that whether you're in, in church leadership or in another area of your life, there is, a, there is a high chance that you will be ahead of somebody in your life. You might be ahead of someone in your sporting field or ahead of someone in your work or ahead of your children if you're a parent. In that relationship where you are ahead of somebody... You are called to be like an elder, a shepherd to those people. You are called to step into and accept the responsibility that your role in that relationship brings. All of us will be an elder to somebody. Regardless of your age, you will also very likely be behind somebody, either in... Age or in experience or in seniority. Again, it could be in a different area of your life altogether. Might be that you're thinking about your relationship with your own parents, even if you're a parent yourself, or your bosses at work or the leaders at church. In this case, in that relationship, you are a younger, even if you don't feel yourself physically young. And the call in this relationship is to respect and to learn and to grow under that leader. To complete the tool, you will also have people alongside you, your peers. And it is wonderful to have peers to share the journey. But if we're honest, we know that God has designed us to also have people ahead of us, examples to follow, and he's also called us to be those examples to others. This enables us to embrace the call that God has for the church to be supporting those behind by us taking on our own roles in some relationships to be ahead, some relationships to be behind and some to be alongside. I want to invite you to just take a moment now to think about your world and your relationships and consider who is it in your world that you are ahead of? Where are the relationships that you are being called to be an elder? To take on the responsibility that that role brings to shepherd those people and to all of those difficult leadership things that Peter has outlined. And consider for a moment, who are the people that I'm behind? Who are the people that are my elders? The ones that I'm called to follow, to respect, to learn from, to grow under And who are the ones alongside me that I can journey with? I wonder in the areas where you are an elder, either by choice or by circumstance, are you embracing the call to lead those like our great shepherd led us? And I wonder if in those that you are behind, either by choice or by circumstance, you are respecting and growing and learning under them. Regardless of the position and the relationship, humility is a common thing. All of you, all of you, whether you're ahead, whether you're behind, whether you're alongside, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility In all of our relationships, in all of our roles, we need to guard against arrogance and pride and rather humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. In our final uh, verse of our passage tonight, Peter says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares for you. In some ways this verse seems to be starting a new idea and in fact you could probably preach a whole sermon just on this one verse but when we take it in the context of the letter we've read so far tonight, it actually speaks beautifully into these roles because whether we're an elder or a younger or anyone in between, anxiety can so easily creep in to our relationships. When we consider our relational constellation, those we are ahead of shepherding and leading, it can be so easy to doubt that we have what it takes. It can be so easy to question the decisions or even God's choice of putting us there. When we're behind people, trying to learn from them, we can be anxious if we don't feel they're leading well, knowing how to respect them well. Each of these positions can be a minefield of worry and doubt. And perhaps even there is the trap of allowing the pursuit of humility to become a rationale for self-critique and self-deprecation, which remind, let me remind you is not actually humility. We are challenged to give all of our worries and cares to God because he cares for us. Whether it's about our role as an elder or a younger, we are led by the great shepherd who cares for us and has given us the ultimate example of leadership and in his own life and his relationship with his heavenly father of followership also. And he cares for us. So he says in these roles, cast your cares to me because God cares. For us. Let's pray. God, thank you that you see us. You see the areas where we have potentially been thrust into leadership positions we didn't ask for and feel ill equipped for and you care for us. Thank you that you see us in the leadership positions we have sought and worked for and you care for us. Thank you that you see us on the days where we feel like we're doing all right in our leadership and the days where we're struggling. Thank you that you see us in our followership, both of you and of the leaders you put around us. You see the days we do well, you see the days that we struggle and you care for us. God, we just hold out all the relationships that you have us in, the ones that you've called us to lead in, the ones you've called us to follow in. And we cast all the doubts and anxieties about those over to you and we ask God that by your spirit you would give us what we need to lead with humility, to follow with humility and to see and follow your example. Jesus. Help us as a church to then be an example to those around us by the way that we lead and the way that we follow both inside and outside of your family. Amen.